Hey guys, in today's episode, we have highlights on the recent panic in the stock market before diving into our stock pick of the week, Intel. Welcome to the Think Stocks podcast. I am Nico. And I am Andrew. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the weekly news on the stock market, discussing investment strategies and talking about stocks. We also have a YouTube channel and if you haven't checked that out yet, just go to YouTube and search Andrew Morden. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Think Stocks podcast with your hosts, Nico and Andrew. Another week in the market. How have you been, Andrew? Um, been good, been good. Actually, I've been buying a new game. I've been playing a lot of video games, so that's the only thing I've been doing. And also, actually, we've developed, uh, other than that, we've developed our website, which is Ring It to Dollar. So right. if you guys are, go, uh, we'll, we'll tell you guys when it's ready, but right now it's still in development phase, uh, so... Just give us some time. Yeah, so we've been developing a website. Yeah, me and our editor, Nico. Yeah, yeah just something for you guys to keep an eye out on. Mm-hmm. But speaking of gaming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew, you subscribed to Netflix, right? You have a Netflix account, right? Yeah, I do, which I barely watch. So I basically giving Netflix free money. <laughs> <laughs> that is unfortunate. <laughs> um, but um, Netflix recently came out in the news in the past week regarding gaming. Because mm-hmm. we did a Netflix... Um, episode right we covered one yeah. of our, in one of our stock analysis we did cover on netflix and if you guys haven't checked that out yet now would be a great time to you know jump back a couple of episodes and you can find our review of netflix and one of the things that we did mention in that episode was that netflix uh reliance on the streaming platform as their sole uh source of income was a bit mm-hmm. worrying in the sense that um we do not really know if they can potentially keep it up against the likes of Disney Plus and Amazon Prime and all the other competitors, right? So when I saw this news this week, it, it sparked me back. It took me back to our analysis and then I thought it was worth mentioning that, you know, perhaps gaming might actually turn out to be exactly what they need. What, what do you think about that, Andrew? Uh, we've seen a lot of people that try to come and uh, into the gaming world and there are a few that are successful. So there's a few ways to go about gaming. Uh, me being a big gaming addict, right? I, I have, there's obviously a few ways. One, you can go to the console side of uh, gaming or you can go into the PC side of gaming or you can go to the uh, bring everywhere kind of game like the uh, Nintendo Switch, right? Those mm. kind of stuff, you can bring it anywhere. So there's always a big argument of which is the best and pc would say that oh pc master race or console would say that console you just need to buy once you don't have to upgrade your parts or then you have this uh, go anywhere kind of guy that nintendo switch can say like oh you guys i can only play at home i can play basically by the streets waiting for my mom to pick me up or anything right yeah so <laughs> yeah uh that's really interesting on when netflix wants to get into if we're talking about the pc side right uh mm-hmm. it's going to be tough because there's Obviously, two big players in the game right now, uh, which is Riot and Steam. There's a lot of people right. that came to try to challenge them, fail. And if you try to go into the console side, which is also tough because it's predominantly uh, dominated by, what do you call this, uh, Xbox and PS4, right? Right, yes. So, obviously, getting it is not easy. But Netflix is a no-name. So, it's not uh, that tough as compared to a new guy coming into the market. But they mm. will have to get their shit right because gamers are, you know, they're, they're very particular on the, their stuff. If you right. don't get it right, then it leaves a bad name. And, you know, young kids, they're like, oh, if you suck once, you probably suck forever. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's why. Yeah. But it's very interesting. I, I'm actually curious what, what they're going to do about the gaming stuff. Right. They actually plan to 
um, get these video games on the Netflix platform itself. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there'll be any new consoles involved, but mm -hmm. most probably what we'll end up seeing is, you know, how um, most people stream Netflix right off of their laptop. Mm -hmm. This will probably give them an option to start playing certain types of games that mm -hmm. is released or mm -hmm. licensed by Netflix on the Netflix <laughs> platform itself. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how that's going to turn out, but it's interesting because they brought in um, what they are now calling their vice president of game development is uh, Mr. Mike Verdu. And he was a former employee of uh, e Electronic Arts. Yay! EA. Oh e my god. <laughs> the, yeah. the biggest scam company, uh, king of microtransactions. But okay, yeah, let's go on. <laughs> he was in EA as well as Facebook. So um, obviously it's a well-seasoned individual mm -hmm. and he definitely knows what they would need, right, going forward. Yeah. So it'll be interesting how to see how they bring this on board as well. Mm. I, I think bring him on board to Netflix is definitely a great addition. No matter how much shit people talk about EA, FIFA is still one of the best-selling games in the world, right? Mm, true. Uh, I bought an EA game just like two days ago, which is F1 2021, and <laughs> uh, they, they made that game so much better than, than the previous years. So EA is definitely a great company, but in terms of uh, stocks, but in terms of gaming, you probably hate them because they have a lot of microtransactions where they're like, oh, you, you want to get better at this game for like five extra speed? Pay me five dollars, you get this five extra speed. People hate that shit, you know. <laughs> so that's how they milk money. But that's a great business model because people tend to pay those money just to get the edge, the competitive edge. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's great. But one more recent news in the stock market, right, Nico? Uh, besides Netflix gaming, which is very very interesting, I think mm -hmm. one thing that is very scary is that people are panicking in the market. Have Have you seen how red the stock market has been the last week? Mm -hmm. Yep. There's a yeah. lot of movement. Yeah, there's a lot of movement, right? And and it's just not the Nasdaq that was down. We know that back in March, the Nasdaq was hit heavily, but Dow was on the rise, right? To the moon and all this stuff. But now, <laughs> yeah. everyone is getting hit. The S&P is getting hit. The Dow, the, the Nasdaq, the Russells, everyone is getting slammed. And people are starting to say the market crash is finally here. Uh, well, I do not know if it's this market crash. I'm no Nostradamus, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, but definitely they are maybe going through a correction phase. But one reason that caused this uh, panic in the market, right, is the inflation data came in last Thursday and it's at, I think, like 5.5%. Mm. It's 5 growing 5 over the previous one, right? Right. Yeah. The previous one was 5% and now it's 5.5% and month over month is 0.9%. I know last month I said that. Uh, yeah, we are getting inflation, uh, but this inflation stuff are like used cars and airline tickets and stuff, right? That, that was one of the few episodes back, I think like four or five episodes back, I said that. Mm -hmm. But yep. this time around, there's still not much changes. The, the high inflationary numbers, right? It's still those kind of stuff. That means I think it's because of the reop reopening uh, of the economy, right? People are dying to travel and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's why it's causing a lot of inflation in the market. And obviously, with any inflation that's caused above 5% is bad. The general inflation data is 5% is bad, right? Mm -hmm. But we, we will have to wait it out and see, like, because the food inflation and all of this stuff, it's still very, very uh, controllable at 0.2% month over month, 0.3% month over month. It's not that bad. Yeah. But we, we have to wait it out. Are you in the panic phase, Nico? 
You know me lah. I'm I'm quite unbothered by these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just still, you know, going about my own business and um, you know, maybe it's a good time to buy, maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm 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 quite unbothered by this whole mm-hmm. fiasco that goes on in the market. Like mm-hmm. I get how people panic. I understand it's mm-hmm. their reaction to it, but like it's the herd movement again and I don't want to belong to the herd. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but speaking of a good time to buy, right? I think Nico, mm. it's time to give it's them a time. stock, right? That maybe uh-huh. it's a good time to buy this stock. Is it mm. time? It's time. It's time for a segment we call Stock Pick of the Week. Do note that this is neither a buy nor a sell call for these stocks, but rather an open discussion. If you would like us to cover a specific stock, DM us on Instagram at Andrew Morden, and we'll line it up in following episodes. So. For this week's stock pick of the week, we'll be covering Intel. <laughs> so, Nico, uh, growing up, right, I was a big mm. fanboy of Intel. Uh, I was, yeah, I was a big fanboy of Intel. Growing up, I was a big fanboy of Intel. I'm not gonna lie, right? What is that to be a fan of? <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I always uh, when I when I I play a lot of video games, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I I always use the Intel i processor. Like uh, I still remember, I started off with Pentium Four. And then there was oh. Core to Duo, and these are like the ancient history guys, like the 15 years ago. And mm. now they're like they're they're known for the i9 and stuff. But yeah, I was always using Intel for my gaming experience. And for those listening, I used to play competitive video games when I was younger. Uh, Intel had great years, uh, and arguably still do. You know, they they mm. are the biggest player in the market. And Intel is mainly known for the competitive processors like the i9 and the new i10. Yeah. And Even for me, recently, right, I have moved to AMD Ryzen. Now my gaming computer is being run by Ryzen 3600. So mm. the big fanboy ran away from Intel. Why? But before all of that drama of why I ran away from Intel, which probably has no problem in the stock market, <laughs> <laughs> I like to give a little bit of background of Intel. So Intel was founded in the 60s. Uh, honestly, I didn't even know they had computers back then. I thought they used to have pigeons uh, to do the dirty work <laughs> for them, Nico. But uh, do, do do you know that they had they were founded in sixties, Nico? I mean, yeah, it it would only make sense. I mean, of course, probably pigeons were once upon a time the form of messaging and stuff. But I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I was only born in the nineties, so sixty seems like ancient history. I thought they were like ha- was stone in, in the still stone age or whatever. But today, today they are the industry leader. Intel is the industry leader, and they are creating world changing technology, which is arguably deb- debatable, right? But They are the one that revolutionized computer chips. I would say the x86 chips that we have on our computer, which is the mm. AMD and the Intel ones, right? They are the one that revolutionized it. Uh, yeah. Back then, AMD had a lot of problems with its chips, which is overheating, temperature skyrocket. You can basically fry an egg on your laptop or whatever. Mm. Well, speaking of which, I think your laptop can still fry an egg, right, Nico? It still doesn't mean. Uh, omelet lah. You can still do it. <laughs> yeah. The, the, does your computer use the AMD chip? Um. Yeah. It's actually running on AMD. <laughs> but then it's it's because this is the old AMD, right? The yeah. Trash, the trash yeah. AMD. The so old I, AMD. I was a bit unlucky in my decision making back then. Yeah. I think your computer was like in 2015 or something, right? And yeah. In 2015, they were still using the old technology. So the old technology was pretty hot, and hence this is why you can fry an egg on your laptop. Literally hot. Yes. Yeah. 
But in all companies, right, what is the one thing we like to look at, Nico? I would say um, the financial status, right? Yes, true. Yeah. So do you, do you want to get into that stuff, Nico? Yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, so with Intel, their books look great, look amazing. Um, you can see that in the last part, in the past five years, they have had continuous revenue growth as well as growth in profits. And then you can also see that their total assets have been growing year over year. And that's always a great start, right? That's always what you want to see. Top line growing, bottom line growing and mm-hmm. total assets growing as well. Yeah. And their current assets is also more than their current liabilities, which is a great sign to determine the health of the company. Mm-hmm. But one thing that we should note is that um, they have very high levels of debt whereby they have um, free cash flow and it's been growing year over year for the past about three to four years. Mm-hmm. But they have a really high amount of debt. But as as per what we've mentioned before in our previous episodes, being in the tech sector, it is really hard to find a net cash company, right? Mm-hmm. These companies need um, to leverage debt in order to be competitive within their market. They cannot rely on the profits that they generate year over year because they don't really make much profits right mm-hmm. and if you dump all of your profits directly into let's say your retained earnings to roll over the next year to fund your research and development it will be very slow and in that um lag period right you mm-hmm. will fall behind in your market so mm-hmm. they can't really afford to they always have to keep a certain amount of high level of debt to actually mm-hmm. keep them relevant right true so in terms of gross profit they see an average above about 60%, which is really high. Not bad. Uh, When it comes down to the bottom line, we're talking about an average of about 24%, which is also still a really nice number and it's Mm -hmm. a really comfortable number. And with Intel specifically, they have also been buying back their shares year over year. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of a similar pattern. So as a shareholder, you would probably want to see that. You would see that um, they are reinvesting in themselves. But mm-hmm. they also do give out dividends, which is quite rare. <laughs> like, I mean, especially with the stocks that we've covered and also um, in being in the tech sector, you don't mm-hmm. really us- usually see companies give out dividends. Like you're talking about the Tesla, Palantir, uh, even Chegg when we covered the other day, right? These guys, yeah. they don't give out any dividends at all. Mm-hmm. But Intel does because they've been around like forever. And also... The uh, a key thing to understand also is when they do buy back shares, that means they end up paying out less in dividends, right? Yeah. Because there's less uh less stocks free... in the market, right? Yes, correct, exactly. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, they can continuously try to increase their dividends as well, even though that's something rare when you talk about when you're talking about the tech sector. Mm. Yeah, um, that's true. But there was something interesting that I spotted within their financials. And can you guess what that is, Andrew? Uh, just because you were telling me before we started recording, I would say it's the tax, <laughs> right? Or else I wouldn't have yeah, guessed yeah. it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay. So, um, as per our last episode, in when we talk about Adobe, we did mention income tax. And it's just something that, you know, once in a while, you will have to take a look at and then try to figure out what's going on. And so, in Intel, I realized that in 2017, they had a big difference in terms of their net profits and what do i mean by that is their net profits dropped to about 9 million and this is from 2016 they were doing 10 million revenue increase gross profit increased but their net profit decreased and it decreased by a big amount 
And so then I looked into their numbers, right? And it turns out that that year, they paid a really high amount of uh, income tax. And we're talking about an income tax rate of about 52%. That mm-hmm. is huge. Because yeah, considering huge. that, you know, you normally expect these companies to pay an average of about 20% or 20 mm-hmm. to 30%. Yeah. And in 2017 alone, they paid about 52.8% is their tax rate. And that got me again, <laughs> being curious. I started to look into it and try to figure out why this is, right? And it turns out that actually during that point in time when the previous president of America was um, Mr. Donald Trump, they had introduced their new uh, reform tax bill, right? Mm-hmm. So this reform tax bill was signed in 2017. And what it did was it changed the corporate tax rate to a flat rate of 21%. And for the benefit of our viewers and our listeners, it was changed from the previous um, tax rate went up to about 35 to 39%. Like, you know, they have their structure, you have your table, according to which uh, income bracket you incomes, fall in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll have your corporate tax rate to pay. Mm-hmm. But it was a bit complicated in the sense that it wasn't, it's not like the more you earn, the more you pay. Like it starts at 15%, between uh zero to fifty thousand right that's the minimum amount you pay you'll pay 15 percent but then at the top of the line when you hit above 18 million you're going to be paying 35 percent which if by logic you think you're going to think that 35 percent is the highest right nobody mm-hmm. pays more than 35 percent right yeah but the reality was that the tax bill in back in 2017 the income earners of 100,000 to 335,000 were paying 39%, which is the highest in the whole group. <laughs> like that income range is probably my, my thinking and my logic tells me that there were higher number of corporations in that income bracket. So that's why they are charging a higher percentage. If you fall above or below that bracket, you're paying 34%. So <laughs> if I was a, co- a business owner in America and, you know, I would try my best to not fall in that bracket, obviously. <laughs> yeah. right? mm-hmm. Whatever I have to do, buy a new car, sell an old car, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you can to just try and avoid being in that bracket. Your 39% is almost 40%, dude. That's yeah. too high. Mm-hmm. And so it was a complex structure. And what this new tax reform bill did was bring it down to a flat rate where everybody pays 21%. And at that time also, the global average was about 25%. So this move was sort of designed to make the US um, more globally competitive so that, you know, people will try to keep their profits within the US itself. If you go outside, you might be taxed 25%, but within America, you're only going to be taxed 21%. Now... Another important thing that was included in the tax bill was the new tax law also sets a one-time repatriation rate of 15.5% on cash and equivalent foreign-held assets and 8% on illiquid assets like equipment payable over an eight-year period. Now, to put it simply, any profits that any company has made overseas when they bring it back into the country, it was usually taxed at 35%. Jesus but Christ. in 2017, when this bill was introduced, they said that, okay, here's what we want to do. We know that you guys are making a lot of money outside of the US and you're paying tax rates over there because you're not bringing it back into the country because the tax rate was 35%, right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a one-time repatriation rate 
of 15.5%, you can declare as much of your previous profits, overseas held previous profits, and be charged only 15.5% to bring it back into the country. And for that exact reason, Intel paid about 6.1 billion, which was charged as for their deemed repatriation rate. This is an enormous tax bill, right? But as mentioned, it will be paid in cash over the next eight years. So over time, they'll be paying, but they are able to benefit off the profits that they have earned from overseas transactions. And this is great for businesses, actually. Like, if you look at their income statement in 2017, you would think that it's actually bad. But overall, corporations, especially large corporations, benefit a lot from this tax bill. Like, on the one hand, they have lower income tax rate of 21%. And secondly, they manage to bring back some of their uh, international profits rather than having to keep it overseas or find other ways to bring it back into the country legally <laughs> or illegally. Right? <laughs> so th this was actually a really good move for the big corporates. Of course, there was a lot of noise and backlash against the Trump administration because, you know, it does nothing for the common man, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. But... Uh, as for business owners like uh, big companies like Apple's Berkshire Hathaway and all I'm sure they benefited a lot out of this um, specific tax bill mm. Mm. but overall it was a really interesting um, thing for me to see because their their profits were almost the same in 2017 and 2018 right so their pre-tax income was in 2017 20 million in 2018 23 million but in 2020 in 2018 out of the 23 million they managed to pay a net income of 21 million but in 2017 from 20 million it only became 9 million so mm -hmm. you know that was a bit of an eyesore for sure but overall intel benefits from this um, tax bill well that's then, definitely good stuff right for them to benefit so much money mm, exactly and as for finances otherwise there are no other hiccups on intel they're again like i said it looks beautiful everything on paper looks great mm -hmm. profits growing uh nice margins assets growing it's just a matter of whether or not they can keep up with the technology that's always moving right mm -hmm. and also i just want to add on to that right nico also when we look at intel right we know that there's a lot of uh, competitors out there like amd and stuff like that right mm, and yeah. intel is surprisingly at this overinflated market right it's not an expensive stock right at, mm, at, yeah. a, at a pe of like what 12.34 and they are they are actually doing very very good you know, for for now at, at least with the financials so surprisingly this is actually one of the few rare companies that we can find that is undervalued in my opinion based on yeah. financials okay yeah. mm -hmm. so but financials alone don't describe a company right we need mm. to look uh, there's many many ways to evaluate a company financials is definitely one of the cores right we, we, there's there's also the management teams and also one of the most important one if you're in the tech industry is how are you innovating so to innovate one thing that you need to do is very very basic is research and development your r d and yes. currently intel's r d budget is about 20 percent of their revenue just shy 20 percent right but when we compare to Apple, which is which Apple has a higher amount of uh, R and D money budget mm -hmm. to Intel, Apple is only consuming seven percent of their total revenue. Right. So yeah. Apple is obviously a humongous company. They are a fang stock, right? It's mm -hmm. the, the big bosses of the the Nasdaq. So 
they have higher uh, R&D budget and also lesser, they are only consuming 7% of their total revenue. So, right. which leads to my innovation standpoint. My only problem with this company is that the innovation is not fast enough compared to AMD and Apple and all of this stuff. I understand that this company is financially great. I'm, I'm in love with the financials. I cannot find, like, again, I would like to say that again, I cannot find a company that is so cheap in this market, right? Mm. <laughs> but I really cannot find. Like, I go yeah, on the yeah. stock market, it's all above 30, then there's like one guy is like 1,500 or something like that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if even if you find cheap stocks, mm-hmm. it's like the financials are not worth looking at a second time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and it, and this one is very good. And we know that Intel's biggest competitor today is definitely uh, Apple and AMD, right? AMD is definitely the one they are competing closest with because it's both the same technology. And mm-hmm. Apple, they're, they're competing with them, but at a different technology. So let me just explain a little bit on technologies, okay? So mm-hmm. there's two technologies in the, what do you call this, in the chip industry. There's x86 and also ARM architecture. So Two completely different technology. One is developed for computing, which is more complex languages, and the ARM t- architecture is for like your smartphones, your calculator, and all this like simpler stuff. They use the ARM technology. So it's just not logical for you to put the ARM technology into the computer because it just would not be sufficient. But let's mm. get into that deeper uh, in, a, in a bit. Okay? So AMD and Intel, right? Back then, they were years behind, okay? Light years behind based on performance, innovations, and stuff like that. But they have actually managed to catch up to them. Now, Intel, right, today, they are just on par with them. Instead of having a huge lead back then, right, in terms of performance, and which is why I was using the Intel back then, right. they, they were just so much better. But these days, at just being the same level of performance and stuff, I have other options, which is AMD, and hence why I made the switch. On top of that, AMD is cheaper. So me being broke as shit, so <laughs> I, I went to pick the AMD one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely helps, right? Being the broke bitch of the family. So this leads that Intel has no longer the, uh, the, the edge that makes them different, right? Hmm. So on top of that, Apple's ARM technology is actually a whole different technology. Like I said earlier, right? It's ARM technology, which uses simpler chips, uh, very, very basic codes and compared to the x86 with that simple chip right like i said earlier also there's theoretically no way to compete with the x86 but apple has so much fucking money sorry ever so much <laughs> money right they made it possible to replace the intel chip for their own macbook mm. we know that intel no long no longer powers up they, they still have the intel gen which uh, in the future they will no longer be using intel for their macbook and even their ipads and stuff like that yeah okay so many people were screaming that this is the end of intel and since then intel has been on a rampage so it's not all bad news right mm-hmm. intel actually has been innovating they created the i10 to be ahead of its game so now intel is okay lah. We're, 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 we're back on top but not that far ahead like they were you they, they used to but mm-hmm. here's one thing we need to understand when intel released their i10 they probably already have completed developing their i11 and they're now working to develop their i12. This yeah. is just how technology world works. The next gen is already completed, but they are just delaying it until the i10 becomes obsolete because the games no longer can, uh, can support it. You can't render as fast as it used to. Your, your Adobe Premiere Pro doesn't render as fast because your computer is slow. 
then they'll release the i11 so the mm. next gen is always completed they're just delaying until the i10 becomes com- obsolete or when their competitors releases something too soon so that they won't be falling too far back so one example i would like to give right is the sony playstation 5 okay well, sony said that they would release playstation every 10 years when it first came out <laughs> right, right okay yeah, yeah that, that's what they said <laughs> we all know that it's a scam now because every five years i have to spend like what 3k to buy a stupid ps5 or ps6 or whatever right so, yeah but these days they are releasing it every five years because xbox is releasing their version you see don't blame sony sony's a nice guy you know xbox the culprit we blame <laughs> it on someone else right so they are competing directly with xbox and if they don't release them they will lose a huge market share if you realize the release dates of this these consoles right are always close to each other xbox yeah. releases in may playstation releases in june yeah. just for that reason they want to compete with the market share right now sony just released their ps5 right they're probably already working on a px ps6 and maybe like 40 percent done already Mm. uh yeah because it's like five years in interval and stuff like that so maybe they're not working on the ps7 yet because the technology is not even there yet right but yeah. for chips is very very different they probably are working is working on the i12 already so what do you think nico will intel lose its market share because of the way they are innovating will they lose out to amd and apple with this innovation rate that they're going on I think I think um it's a fair point what you were talking about about the ARM chip as well right mm-hmm. um they've already lost a lot in terms of they had the huge gap and then basically they blew it uh, by the main issue with Intel right was I think they did not foresee how important smartphones would become That's like, very true like, I actually I, have a story on that I I was reading through right and mm-hmm. this whole ARM chip and it all became apparent when Intel chose to not focus on these uh, handheld devices. They True. were like, you know what? A phone is a phone. A computer is a computer. Nothing's mm-hmm. going to change. They did not expect smartphones to be so closely linked to a computer. And how now you can have iPads and tabs and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So they lost the race early on. <laughs> not lost the race. Like I would say, you know, like the turtle and the, the tortoise and the hare. The yeah. and the hair. they mm-hmm. were the hair basically they took a nap and then they were like we're gonna chill here and then you mm-hmm. know let's see if Mr. Tortoise catches up yeah. and then now the tortoises like AMD and ARM also has come and they are ahead of them in terms of mobile application mm-hmm. so they have them beat hands down in terms of uh, smartphones in terms of tablets and any other non-computer or desktop setups mm-hmm. right yeah and you can kind of see that intel is like an old man because (laughs) (laughs) intel intel runs like quite a closed and sort of a secretive system where Mm -hmm. their design and manufacturing of their processes is done by themselves only and nobody else can do anything to it Mm -hmm. so you have like a take it or leave it sort of a system like the old man will just say you want it take it you don't want it then just go somewhere else true and that's what differs them between intel and arm arm sort of works uh, more flexibly and it provides base designs but allows its design partners like apple qualcomm mm-hmm. samsung to adapt and improve them for their own specific uses sure. so in that sense you know arm has sort of like let the creativity of the other companies further improve the innovation of the chip 
We Correct. provide you the basic, but it's a basic that you can build on top of, right? And mm-hmm. that's where we get the M1 chip from. Yeah. Whereas with Intel, you can't build on top of it. You just get the chip. You have to put it in your computer, and that's that. <laughs> we don't mm-hmm. want to hear any of your <laughs> ideas. We don't want any yeah. of that. So they lost out in that sense. And as per your question, I believe that they have to be able to win back the market. They've already lost the market mm-hmm. in terms of the smartphones and handheld devices. And if they're not careful, seeing as how they've already lost Apple's uh, desktop and computer partnership they are really solely relying on their partnership with microsoft and other computer um providers mm-hmm. so if they're not moving fast enough they might further lose out even more well yeah. actually i i would like to add on to your what they call this the the innovation of companies on arm technology right mm. arm is basically the guy that's selling the canvas right yeah, i, I yeah. have the canvas you 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 put your creativity on it and hang it up the wall mm-hmm. design it make it to your preference intel is the guy that paints the mona lisa and like you don't like the mona lisa you, you want vincent to go well too bad yeah you, you have the mona lisa okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well too bad just hang it up the wall but actually intel have a very very funny story back in apple in back uh, with apple back in 2007 mm. we know okay. back then mr steve job was around and he was running the company and he wanted to make the iphone Right. Right. Yes. iPhone came around that era and he pros, uh, went to Intel and asked uh, Intel can you please make me uh, uh chips for my phone, right? And mm. Intel politely declined saying that you know, I don't see smartphones being this this way that you are pro- 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 portraying it to be, right? Yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't want to invest in. I, I I don't want to be your partner in this. And that is when Apple had to go develop their own chips with ARM and stuff. But mm-hmm. one of Intel's biggest downfall, which is obviously declining the opportunity provided by, by Apple, right? They said the reason why they said that they declined it is two reasons. One is not in their area of expertise, which is bullshit, right? I, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> you can always learn, yeah, right? You yeah. already. You're already developing something more, more advanced. Going simpler is not that tough, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you can always backward. But the number two one, which I think Apple was pretty upset, was that they said that I don't think you can sell enough phones to cover our R and D expenses. Mm. That is a right. big one, and Apple, I think, took that personally, like Michael Jordan did. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they took that personally, and they have been on the rise, and because of uh, because of that, right? Apple used the ARM technology, and in 2012, I remember one of the ARM, one of the chips that they manufactured, right? They said in in the in the you know how Apple have all these uh, the release date and they come up mm. and talk about the chips and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, my battery can last me a week, but when you buy, it's only three days, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> this kind of stuff. <laughs> so, but in 2012, Apple actually said that the chip is desktop class chip. So right. Apple already had a vision in 2012 to build their chips, this ARM technology, to be put into the desktop side, and mm. very well they they did that, you know. And App, uh, Intel, I would say they're pretty surprised, lah. But if you are you, the opportunity was presented to you and you didn't grab it, I only say you have your you you have to blame yourself, lah. Honestly, yeah, right. But with that being said, right, Nico, do you have anything else to add on? Because I think we would like to wrap this up already, right? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, mistakes do happen. Like mm-hmm. the whole deal with Apple and not yeah, seeing obviously. how smartphones will become. Mistakes mm-hmm. do happen, and you have to be accountable for it. But you have to always, you know, try your best to keep moving forward. They yeah. did try. Like later on, when they realized that you know how smartphones are actually picking up, they did try to make processors for phones, and I think they called it Atom or something like that. But mm-hmm. it was just wasn't nowhere close enough to what was. The technology that was already being produced for the iPhone, for Samsung, and mm-hmm. by like Qualcomm, right? So it's a lot to catch up on, and they went on and tried to, you know, entice um, these smaller companies by giving them discounted rates, selling their processors at a loss, just trying to be like <laughs> relevant in the market, and mm-hmm. then they decided to scrap that idea as well. So mm-hmm. it's not a problem, lah. Like. You do. You make mistakes happen, but how you catch up on it and whether or not you want to continue down the same line—that's a bigger question. Whether you yeah. can or cannot, or are you choosing to pivot to something else? Because yeah. you know, like Intel is also involved in the whole five G movement. They can get into autonomous driving. True. You know, cloud yeah. computing, IoT. There's a bunch of other things that Intel mm-hmm. could be getting into. They might yeah. lose out in the chip industry. Right, mm-hmm. there's uh, Taiwan's semiconductor TSMC. Right, yeah, is also another big up and coming semiconductor company. So Intel, you know, sure it might have been the company of the past in terms of processors, semiconductors, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But going into the future, if they realize that you know we are losing out, we have already lost so much ground on this specific market. Maybe it's time for us to shift our focus into a different market. And autonomous driving is coming up. Maybe they might be the frontliners in autonomous driving, right? Maybe mm-hmm. they might be the frontrunners in five G. So things like this are what make or break the company. Yeah. So as for Intel today, cheap stock. I believe it's value and it's cheap because they're sitting on a pile of cash. They have a huge name and they have continuous revenue growth. But whether they'll still be Considered a big company in five or ten years, it really depends on which direction they're headed in. So my point of this company is actually a little bit more longer than that. I mm. love this company's financial. Yes, I, 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 I'm in love with it. When I look at it, I can't believe it because it just doesn't. I cannot find a company that is valued at this point with great financials at this overinflated market. Mm. That is just impossible. Uh, maybe I'm just bad at finding stocks, lah. But if you do find one, you know, <laughs> let me know, right? It is yeah, yeah. The only cheap stock I could say, and let's talk about the PE. The PE of uh, Intel is like I said, twelve point three four, and Apple's at thirty three. AMD is thirty six, almost three times, right? So these companies, those companies are not cheap. Apple and uh, AMD is not cheap. So if you are a strong fundamental guy and that purely looks into the financial and stuff, Intel is a great investment at this current price. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm looking at the innovation point. Intel is not innovating fast enough. That's my final say. And to me, it is only a matter of time before Apple can license their chips and sell it to other manufacturers such as HP and Dell to stop using Intel chips. Mm-hmm. They can use the ARM Apple's ARM technology, which is cheaper and also the battery life that can last you a whole twenty four hours without charging. That is like three working days, right? Mm-hmm. Have you tried using an Apple uh, Intel's uh, chip and running the computer? It's like what three hours, and you have to charge it because the battery is <laughs> dead, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
Apple's uh, computers, right, can last you about 24 hours without charging. Streaming, constantly using 24 hours is amazing. And mm. that's one of the main reasons because of how much, how efficient the chip is, how little energy it uses. Let me just give you a little fun fact. Intel chip, right, has to run on a wall plug, you know, 125 watts. And yeah. the Apple chip runs on 5 watts. So mm. much difference, right? So my standpoint is that I feel that the price is great to invest. But for me to invest in a company, I'm looking decades down the road, 10 to 20 years down the line. Mm. I don't see Intel being the strongest in the decade to come. But something, something like IBM, what happened to IBM and Nokia, right? If you're not in- innovating fast enough, that is a problem. For mm. me, only the, for only the innovation part, right, is why I'm staying away from Intel and I am investing into Apple. So you can say it's bias, but that's my only reason. But yeah. if I were to invest into Intel, right, Honestly, now is the best time. Uh, at 12.34 yeah. PE, it's amazing. So mm-hmm. that's my only say. Yep, as per our recording date, 17th of July, 2021, mm-hmm. we would say that Intel is an undervalued stock, generally, mm-hmm. in yeah. our opinion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's worth looking at. It's, yeah. They might have lost the race in terms of chips for smartphones and maybe might be losing the computers. But, you know try and keep an eye on what they are actually focusing on in the future because you mm-hmm. know you can always cut your losses and focus on what you're actually good at right yes so correct let's yeah. let's see interesting it'll be very if interesting you, to see if you already lost a race and you are always looking back you will never progress forward look forward right like you said they, they are they can go into 5g iot which they are right they, mm. they, they should expand in that area and I don't think Intel is stupid. Uh, they have a new CEO now. Uh, I think he, he, he has the capabilities to make this thing work. Let mm-hmm. me just wrap this up one more time and just say like how important a CEO is. Back then, AMD was in dire, dire, dire state. They, they were in the shit zone, I would say. To be mm-hmm. gently put in, they were in shit zone. Yeah. And one CEO came in, which is a lady. I can't remember her name. She's a very, very brilliant lady. She came in, things turned around. AMD became one of the better chip companies, better processor companies, and everyone started using it. A new CEO coming in can definitely change the table. And mm. not like the table is flipped. In, Intel is not at a bad state. Intel is still great. But maybe they can leverage it further. Back to where they were. Bring them to make America great again kind of level. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That, let, let's look at what the, uh, the CEO can do. So, I guess that's all for today, right, Nico? Yep, that will be all from us. Mm-hmm. So, like I always like to say, uh, remember to think before you invest. Happy investing, guys. Bye-bye. If you are still here at the end of the podcast, do follow this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. To catch all the latest news from us, you can follow our Instagram page at Andrew Morden. That is M-O-R-D-O-N. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. I will see you in the next episode. But remember to always do your due diligence before investing. Till next time.